marketing, visit ZimmerCommunications.com, your marketing resource in Southwest Missouri. This is the Elijah Har Show with former Speaker of the House Elijah Har on 93.3 at AM 560 KWTO. Riley, Alex, welcome back to the show. Alex, are you there? Good morning. I'm here. Good morning, sir. Welcome back. We've got a legislative week upcoming, but first things first, let's dive into our question of the day. Question of the day today, what's your all-time favorite band? All-time favorite band. Oh, boy. Um, that is a good question, and you always stump me with these questions of the day. So I, I have to be honest, I am not just the biggest music nerd person <laughs> in the world. Um, so I, 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 I do like listening to country music on occasion. So, um, you know, since he, he just passed recently, I'm, I'm going to give, give Kobe Keith a shout out. I think he's put together some really good stuff. So I'll put, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Toby Keith out as my answer for, for today. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's talk about this week in the Missouri legislature. First off, it's President's Day, but you guys don't care. You're in, you're you're doing work anyways. Yeah, we are. We are in session today, and I think that's that's a good thing. Last week was a little bit of a short week. There were still committee meetings and things like that happening, but uh, it was a shortened week because of the Chiefs Super Bowl festivities. Um, but this week, it's going to be all eyes on the Missouri Senate. They are going to likely start to take up, uh, again, uh, initiative petition reform today. And the, the, the scuttlebutt on the street is they're going to try and keep working late into the night in an attempt to get something passed. So whether there's some sort of compromise deal that happens or whether they just power through and, 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 uh, and, and force everybody to sit down, we will see what that what that ultimately looks like but that's going to be the big thing this week is is the senate able to pass an initiative petition reform bill and will that start to break the logjam and i i think there's a, a good chance that it does help a little bit that would be the first log of the logjam that needs to to break loose in order to have a, a, a super productive session um a couple other things that need to happen in order for some things, some other bills to start to move as we, we need to pass a strong defund abortion providers legislation that will yeah, help yeah. allow. Let's, let's yeah. separate these two and go one at a time. First off, sure. on the initiative petition reform, you know, it used to be easy. There was a lot of discussion. We wanted to be 60%. They keep changing the goalposts on this. What's the latest plan that they've been debating in the Senate? Because a lot of committee people, a lot of base level listeners and voters are like, we don't even know what's being discussed anymore. Yeah, that, that's right. So right now, the direction that the Senate seems to be going is something called a, a concurrent majority proposal. And the idea there is rather than the current law, which just requires 50 percent plus one of the votes to pass something into the state constitution, it would require 50 percent. 50% plus one in a majority of the congressional districts. 
So the idea there is you're not raising the the percentage threshold, but you are increasing the amount of geographic territory in the state that an idea has to be popular in to go into the state constitution. And I think that's a really smart way to go because for me, the most important thing in this initiative petition reform process is to safeguard our state constitution and to make sure that if we are going to change our constitution, it's something that has broad support across the state. It has broad support from rural and urban and suburban. It has at least some degree of support from both conservative and liberal folks. The idea is making sure that we're passing things that have broad support and it's not just supported by a narrow segment of the population that somehow mobilizes and has a more uh, efficient machine on a particular election day. Uh, My biggest question is, is this something that the state of Missouri would would pass? Because a lot of the polling on IP reform is pretty low. And I think it's pretty easy to demagogue this, say, oh, look, a, a small percentage of the people of Missouri can kill something going on in the Constitution. Yeah, and that's that's certainly an open question. Um, we we know without a doubt that there will be a lot of money coming in from the liberal special interests that have manipulated this process over the past decade or so uh, to get a lot of their things in the Constitution. They will certainly oppose it. It's unlikely that there's going to be a lot of money coming in to support these efforts. There's really going to be, I think, for this to pass, a grassroots effort where, one, the voters have to be informed about, you know, what is what is this process? How does it work? And then, two, talk about, well, why why the current state of the law is bad. And then, three, why the proposed changes are, are good and actually makes for a stronger constitutional process. So that's a lot of voter education that has to happen in order for this to have a shot. Uh, and we will see if we can pull it off. Um, okay. Tell us, uh, you know, obviously this has been on the Senate floor the last two weeks, but both weeks, they were short weeks. It felt like those were the initial skirmishes in the larger war this week. This feels like a fulcrum point in the battle. It gets done this week or we, or, or, or we're in a different position. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think this is the most pivotal week on this issue. I think it either gets done this week or it's going to get tabled probably and, and potentially brought up at the end of session. Um, and, and it's possible that the Senate would use a, a procedural move called the, the PQ or the previous question to end debate and break a filibuster. But the Senate really doesn't like to do that until the very end of session just because of the, the ramifications for how that affects the the Senate and the senators' ability to work together over the course of the session. So they really don't like to play that card until the very end. Um, so if if they aren't able to find a way to to power it through this week, I suspect it gets tabled until the end of session, and then that does create a real problematic dynamic for this being a productive session because you have a handful of senators who I think rightfully believe this is a really important issue that we need to tackle this year, and they're going to um, pretty well block or try to block most anything else from getting done the rest of session while this issue is, is hanging out there unresolved. It is. I've also heard some 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 people, some Republicans that are certain to second guess whether this is worth 
if the juice is worth the squeeze because it's a it's not an end it's a means to an end we not only do we have to pass it then we have to pass it at the ballot and even then it's maybe a shield against some future legislation it's it, you know I, I don't think people are necessarily backing away from it but some people are starting to say is this the hill we need to die on in the legislature this year yeah i think i think that's right and there's also uh, a, a belief among a number of legislators that this is is a very challenging political issue in what could be a challenging election year in certain uh, House and Senate districts. So while while I, I think in, in my mind, without question, it is the right policy and we do need to make these changes, the, the politics of it are tricky. Yeah, absolutely. OK, now let's get to something that that the politics are pretty established and we, we know where we stand. Abortion. The Supreme Court in Missouri last week handed down a decision that essentially said we cannot defund Planned Parenthood through the budget process. In other words, you can't just give them a $0 amount. Now, whether or not I agree or disagree with that decision, that's the decision we have to live under now as a state. And there's a lot of arguments. Did the did the attorney general make the proper appeals? That be as it may. Talk to us about what what's the legislature got to do to try to make sure that that Planned Parenthood is not funded. Yeah, I mean, basically, the the guidance that we've now received from the Supreme Court twice is you can't do this through the budget bills. So we've we've tried to do it a couple of different ways through the budget. The first time there was some specific language included in the budget bills that basically says you can't send funding to abortion providers. That was struck down as unconstitutional. Uh, this l- latest round, we basically put in a a uh, line item for abortion providers, and then had a zero next to it to basically say you're you're not getting any funding. That was a, another way to do it to try and um, somewhat comply, I suppose, with that first Supreme Court decision. And then the Supreme Court last week came out and said, well, that doesn't work either. So that leaves us with really the only way to do this in a in a way that's going to pass Supreme Court muster is to pass a a, a separate bill that defunds abortion providers and says once and for all, we are not sending Missouri taxpayer dollars to abortion providers in this state. So we have a couple of bills that are floating around out there that work on this. There's a couple on the House side. There's at least one on the Senate side that's sponsored by Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. On the House side, we have one bill that I passed out of my general laws committee that's sponsored by Ann Kelly down in uh, our neck of the woods over in Barton County. And then tomorrow, I will be voting out another bill out of my general laws committee that is sponsored by our House budget chair, Cody Smith, that is probably the, the strongest and the, the, the best vehicle we have to get that issue through the House and then over to the Senate where uh, this will become a real big fight over on their side with the Senate Democrats filibustering likely. And um, we'll see what happens at that point. It'll be interesting to see a filibuster that's led by the Democrats this time instead of the Republicans. Um, yeah, that, that's right. It, it, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Somebody's always filibustering in the Senate. Okay. Um, give us, give us a little bit of backstory. You know, obviously there's, there's the defunding Planned Parenthood in the budget. We can't do that. There's defunding them with a legislative plan. There's also the debate about abortions and FRA. Um, 
why do we why why are so many people worried about putting abortion language into the IFRA bill if we are going to try to defund Planned Parenthood through the legislative process? Help help us under, understand the difference in those two. And yeah, I know we're so kind of in the weeds, but but for your regular listener who's watching the legislative session, like I don't know why we have to do it all these different ways. Well, and it, it's it is in the weeds, but it's also an extremely important question because these these three issues, FRA, initiative petition reform and defunding uh, abortion providers, that, that, that's really what this whole session is is hanging on. That those are the roadblocks that have to be overcome to get a lot more things done this session. Those are also probably three of the most important, if not the three most important issues we are going to debate this year. So they, while it is the weeds, it's extremely important to what we're trying to do here. Um, going back to your question, so there have been a lot of concerns raised, and, and maybe maybe there's legitimacy to them, maybe not, that if you were to include basically this this separate defund abortion providers language within the FRA language, you could run into constitutional challenges and have the whole thing struck down by the Supreme Court. So the idea is that the concern is you're you're tying together some things that are separate. And with the new makeup, we have a new makeup of the Supreme Court. We've had three or four new Supreme Court justices or judges appointed over the past year, year and a half. The current Supreme Court makeup is um, much more inclined to strike down bills that the legislature has passed that have too many unrelated things included within the same bill. We had a pretty big decision come down just a few weeks ago doing that. There's been some others recently. So you have a Supreme Court that's shown some inclination to say, if you guys are going to load up bills with a lot of things that are um, not directly related, not completely on point, then there's a possibility that the, that could get struck down. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the Supreme court would strike this down if it was included in the FRA bill, but it is a, it's a not zero percent chance. It's, it's, it's a decent chance that they would. And then you have a situation where we have this really important, uh, mechanism to draw down a lot of money into our state budget to help fund hospitals and nursing homes and a lot of other things that are very important to the state tied up in litigation for a potential long period of time and 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 possibly have the whole thing struck down because of uh, tying too many things together into the same bill that does create some uncertainty so it does seem that to ensure that we are defunding abortion providers, which is a a hundred percent something we have to do, we need to do it, while also ensuring the FRA gets passed and and we don't have a huge hit to our state budget if it gets thrown out. Uh, the the course that seems best to me is to pass two separate single subject standalone bills, one that you're passing the FRA by itself two you're passing another bill to defund abortion providers. And then you don't have that uh, legal uncertainty and we get both of those things accomplished, which we want to do. Okay. That's a lot of, lot of information on two topics. Tell us what, uh, what's the house doing this week? I know everything's talking about the Senate and abortion. What's the house doing this week? That's unrelated to all that. Yeah, so we've got a, a number of bills that are on the docket to uh, take up on the House floor this week. There's not anything, any huge controversial bills. They're mostly smaller um, 
things to help boost the economy, support local businesses. There's some things that are trying to um, rein in uh, some excessive government, especially at uh, local levels in, in the big cities, particularly St. Louis and Kansas City. We took up last week a really big crime bill on the floor on Monday. It was actually when I was on your show, and I had to leave early to go take a vote on that. Uh, and we will be we will likely be voting that out this week, perhaps today, taking the final vote. Um, and then we just have a lot of committees that are continuing to do work and move move bills along as well. Tell us about general laws. I know last week you had some legislation in there in regards to age verification for adult websites uh what else is going on yeah so the other big topic that we took on last week is dealing with dei in state agencies so we've had four bill sponsors in the house again our state budget chair cody smith doing good work on this as well as brad hudson from uh, our neck of the woods down in stone county Ben Baker, who's a rep from Neosho, um, and Doug Ritchie, who is a rep from the North Kansas City area, all filed some really important legislation to make sure that state dollars aren't being used for DEI initiatives in state agencies. So that we took those bills up last week and we'll be voting them out tomorrow as well. Very good, Alex. If people want to know more about what's happening in the legislature this week, if they want to know more about uh, the work that you're doing in the General Laws Committee, how do they follow along with that um, on social media? Sure, they can find me on Facebook at Alex Riley. I'm on Twitter at Alex Riley MO, and then they can sign up for weekly email updates from me uh, at the Missouri House of Representatives website on my little profile page there. Very good. Alex Riley joined us today. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're going to be right back. We'll answer the question. Today.